Bigger on the Inside presents Fugitive of the Jadoon and Praxius. As always, I'm Michael Sims, and with me is Dan Toland. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm very tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, very tired. Mm-hmm. So we've been we've been away for a bit. A little bit. Yeah. Did I see something? What's going on with Doctor Who audio or no Doctor Who animation? What's going on there? Did are they not making any more animated? They have or? been partnering with I think BBC America to do them, uh-huh. and BBC America is not going to be doing them anymore. Oh, okay. um, BBC Worldwide is still interested in doing them and will find is looking to find another partner to keep them uh-huh. going. Um, I have to think that they, you know, I mean, the I guess the season box sets have been doing really well for them, uh-huh. and this is going to be the only way they ever get any first or second seasons, yeah, out out the door is if they finish is if they finish some of these seasons. Yeah, uh, they would very much like to continue doing these because the people that buy them really like them. But I guess that, I mean the yeah. sales aren't fantastic. Yeah, I mean it's either animate them or reshoot them with different actors, but use the original audio. Like mm-hmm. so, that would cost like that would be way like, more expensive. I would think. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So like, I mean, I I, I get you know the, the 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 cost implications there that if that if they're mm-hmm. not making money or whatever. You know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get the business decision, but as you said, if you if you want early box sets, what the hell are you going to do? Yeah, you know, you you have to do something. I've got these holes in my in my and on my shelf. BBC, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I'm loving these sets. <laughs> yeah, they look gorgeous. They are they really are so nice. gorgeous. They're really really nice. Tell us everything. Who are you? We need to leave. Right into the arms of intergalactic mercenaries who seem to think you are a fugitive from justice. They got it wrong. Sure about that? Yes, a mistaken identity. He works at bathrooms for you, for God's sake. You better be telling the truth, both of you. Otherwise, the Jadoon will have you for harboring the fugitive, and their justice is brutal. I'm not harboring anyone. If you're both so innocent, why are your bags packed? You're like you're about to go on a run. Can and Sinclair with the key questions. Not that you'll get very far, given the enforcement perimeter they just knocked up. Come on, quick with the truth. We've got about three minutes, probably less. What are you hiding? Check the flat, see what's here. If it isn't these two, it could be something inside here. You're not going through my flat. Yes, they are. Have you seen those things outside? Yeah, and I've seen what they do, and that's why we're running. So what are you doing? What is that? A device that tells me... You're both completely human. Please, I'm trying to save a lot of lives here, including yours. If you have any idea why the Jadoon are pursuing you, you have to tell me right now. First up today is Fugitive of the Jadoon. In this one, it starts with the... Well, I don't know if it necessarily starts this way. But the the companions are just sort of staring at the Doctor as they're just sitting in the TARDIS as she's playing with the controls and they finally say you know we've been sitting here for like 20 minutes or something doing dick all 
what the fuck are you doing? And finally, she admits that she's scanning for the master and she can't find him. And the few and the the uh, the companions are like, well, he got zipped away by whatever the hells those things were. So what are you doing? And she's still not being honest about what she saw with Gallifrey and all that. So that's still being kept a secret from them, right? She doesn't reveal that, does nope, she? She's not. I didn't think so. But she does admit that the master left her some sort of message or something. So while that's happening on Earth, we meet a lovely couple by the name of Ruth and Lee. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Ruth's birthday. And, um, you know, she's just having her having her morning toast and coffee or tea or whatever. And she's going to go off to work. It turns out she's a local tour guide. Um, while she's doing that, Lee goes to get her birthday cake for the lo- from the local bakery the guy that works there is a total asshole mm-hmm. and creeper, and I don't know how he's not in jail, but he winds <laughs> up dead, so who cares? So um, <laughs> while they're just going about their lives, all of a sudden the Jadoon show up, and they lock down this community. And they are trying to find the fugitive, and they're go- running around scanning everybody, and everybody's coming up human. So they don't know where this fugitive is or who the fugitive is. Um, I can't remember exactly how it happens, but the doctor figures out that this is going on. I think the, the TARDIS just gets a signal mm-hmm. that the Jadoon are on Earth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she, you know, groups the TARDIS down there. She's able to get it through the shields that she's erected around the town. She goes up to the Jadoon and she says, look, let me go. Because they, they, they narrow down that the fugitive is in this one apartment block. She goes, let me go in there. Give me five minutes or ten minutes. They say five. <clears throat> and I'll I'll arbitrate the situation. I'll talk this down, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll fix this, because they basically want to blow up the building or whatever the hell the Jadoon do. So she goes in with Ryan and Yaz. At this point, Graham has been teleported away. We'll come back to that. <laughs> and um, they go to Ruth and Lee, and they say, look, what is? why do these aliens want you? One of you two is not telling me the truth when you are saying that you don't know what the hell is going on. There's a quick search of the apartment, and I think Yaz finds this little, like, jewelry box or something. And they they can't open it. Or they, yeah, they can't open it, but this is kind of what alerted the Jadoon that this fugitive was on Earth. What we wind up finding out, sort of, is that initially it looks like they're after Lee. Lee starts admitting... He doesn't tell the full truth, but he starts admitting that, yeah, that the space rhino cops are space. What have I done with my life that I can say space rhino cops and for half a second not flinch at that? <laughs> space rhino cops. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, he's, this, so he's like, look, they're after me, but you got to get Ruth out of here. Just go, go, go. So, you know, they go away and the space rhino cops <laughs> show up in the apartment um, and someone from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers then zaps in. She's named Gat. And I'm sorry, she reminds me of a Power Rangers villain. Sorry. Um, she, she shows up and it turns out he's some sort of agent for some, do they just call it like the division? Yes. Yeah. And we're still not quite sure what's going on, but he sends a quick text to Ruth. Um, he gets assassinated. Um, let's see, as they're going about their business, trying to get the hell out of there, Yaz and um, Ryan then get teleported away. Again, we'll come back to that. 
and Ruth and the doctor, they wind up in a car. Ruth admits, there's a whole sequence where Ruth turns into a badass, beats up a bunch of Jadoon, steals the horn. Now the Jadoon are pissed off, yada, yada, yada. They're trying to get her to some sort of safety. They're going to a lighthouse, which it turns out was like, that's where Ruth's parents lived. That's where she was raised. Um, It's also where her parents died and are buried. Once they get there, um, the doctor starts digging up an unmarked grave. It's a grave, but the tombstone doesn't have any markings on it, so she knows that's suspect. She starts digging there. Meanwhile, Ruth reads the text again. It says something like, break the glass, something, follow the light, break the glass, something, something, something. She sees a thing on the wall that says, break in case of emergency. She breaks it. But just before she does, we start hearing some familiar kind of voices swirling around her head. And when she breaks the glass, holy shit, regeneration energy zips into her. She then, like, walks over to this, I don't know, what's it called? A closet. She grabs a gun. Next time we see her, she's standing behind the doctor, all in kind of like a doctor kind of costume. And she tells the doctor, who's never really introduced herself as the doctor to Ruth. Ruth then says, hi, I'm the doctor. And the, the the doctor we know is like, uh, why? You know, she was digging up the grave because that's not strange. Mm-hmm. And she found the TARDIS there. The, she found her TARDIS there. And Ruth grabs the doctor's hand. They zip into, they teleport away. They go into that TARDIS that's in the ground. Holy shit, it looks like an old school TARDIS interior. And the doctor stops them and says, look, if you are the doctor, one of us has to remember the other one. And since you don't remember me and I don't remember you, what the hell is going on here? It turns out they are the same person. They they share the same mind. They She scans them both with their magic wand. And I'm sorry, it's not a screwdriver. I shouldn't be reductive like that. She, she scans both. They are the same person. So what the hell is going on here? Uh, they go up. They get scooped up to the, the ship. The Gat Lady is like, hey, I want you, Ruth. I'm going to keep calling her Ruth, okay? <laughs> Even though I know she's the doctor. And it turns out Ruth, as the doctor, worked also with Lee with this thing called the Division. Something went wrong. They wound up hiding on Earth. But they want Ruth for some reason. Dan, you may have to fill in some gaps here for me. Mm -hmm. And Gat ends up dying because the gun explodes in her hand that she took from Ruth. They all go back down to Earth. Earth after the June Jadoon are like, eh, we don't know, know, whatever. They go back down there and the doctor is sort of shell-shocked at finding out that there is an incarnation of her that exists pre-Hartnell, apparently, and she doesn't know what's up. Mm -hmm. She finds her companions and they were like, um, well, you've been doing whatever you've been doing with Ruth. Uh, We were on a spaceship. We got teleported to a spaceship and there was some cheesy-ass motherfucker named Captain Jack Harkness. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, that whole side story, Captain Jack is looking for the Doctor for reasons that aren't revealed to us quite yet, but he does give the companions a clue saying something about there's like a lone Cyberman, don't give it what it wants because something, something Cyberman. And the Doctor at the end, I think, does admit to the companions that Ruth was or is her, but she doesn't know how that fits because she thinks she knows what her life is. But if there's someone... If there is an incarnation of her that exists before everything we've seen on screen so far, what does that mean for her life? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Is there anything you want to add to that? I don't think so. So this one has a lot of fucking implications. It does indeed. (laughs) Which I know we find more about 
in the season ender. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is there's even more in flux, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. So I don't know where to start with this one. So why don't you just start with wherever you want to start? Yeah, I... First of all, this is a, a hellishly entertaining episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruth is just awesome. Ruth is amazing. As Ruth and the Doctor. Yeah, we will we will get back to her because mm-hmm. Joe Martin is just a, a, just a, oh, hats yeah. off to the casting director. Yeah, that found Joe Martin. Uh-huh. Um, it's so funny. There's so much awesome, entertaining things that happen in this episode that you don't realize that it's a complete table setting episode where nothing happens. Right. Right. You know, like Uh it took me, it took me this viewing to understand, wait a minute, they're just setting up. Mm -hmm. They're setting up for later. Like nothing is actually getting resolved in this episode. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's pure table setting and we don't notice because they have put enough stuff into the episode to kind of keep us entertained. You know, uh, and the stuff that they're setting up is amazing and going to be wonderful. But, you know, that's how you do this. <laughs> it's very hard to do a tale setting episode with this much success. Yeah. And I, my hat is off to Chibnall and, uh, and, and the crew mm-hmm. for that. that. That's that's amazing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing actually happens here. No. You know, we got Captain Jack. That's great. He doesn't do anything. Mm-mm. You know, he's just here to be here. Mm-hmm. But, hey, no one's complaining. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I I definitely enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like a lot doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But as you said, it's setting up so much, but it does it in such a way that I never felt like, can this episode just be done? Yeah. You know, like, it keeps giving you, it's a, it's a slow drip, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want that to sound bad or right. like a backhanded compliment sure. or anything like that. Like, if you don't know what happens in this one going in, you definitely are like, what's the deal? Like, you think Lee is the fugitive, and he kind of is, but he's not the fugitive. He's yeah. a fugitive. Like, oh, they deal with Lee. Oh, so there is something with Ruth. You know, and then mm-hmm. you start figuring out what's going on with her. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and again, as you said, we'll get to her. But then they keep peppering in the stuff with the companions getting scooped up first, first Graham. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, here's here's Yaz and Ryan, you know, and <laughs> Jack, he has no clue, which he thinks one, he thinks Graham's the doctor. Then mm-hmm. he thinks Yaz is the doctor, you know, and, you know, the stuff with him keeps it moving. So. I don't actually know where I'm going to end this sentence, but sure. yeah, it's if once you let me put it this way: once you, if you go into it blind, you're going to get you're going to have one reaction. But if you go into it having seen it before, mm-hmm. and especially know, knowing what's going to happen with Ruth and the return of Captain Jack, mm-hmm. I think it allows you to pay a little more attention to other things mm-hmm. because you're not trying to find the follow the Ruth storyline as closely as before because it's not a mystery anymore, right. you know. Right. So, yeah, this one is. Highly entertaining. Mm. Mm-hmm. I remember, oh God, it was so funny that when this was coming out, the BBC was like, you know, please don't release your reviews, reviewers, until, you know, just before. Like there was an embargo, like, you know, don't spoil the surprise. And everybody knew Captain Jack was going to be in this episode. 
Oh, like okay. they hadn't officially announced it, but for whatever reason, everybody knew Captain Jack was in this episode, uh-huh. and so we were all just like, "Oh yeah, they don't want to spoil the Captain Jacks in the episode." Uh-huh. And then the Ruth stuff happens, and it was just like earth shattering. <laughs> I can't remember the last time Doctor Who was able to do that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. It's almost like they let everybody know Captain Jack was going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Not to create a conspiracy theory, but like right. they let that slip out to let people think that was what they were hinting at with don't spoil it. Yeah. And it turns out, oh, <laughs> oh, pat on the head, you precious little children. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what we were talking about. <laughs> but I will give it this. This episode, I don't, again, it's been ages since there's been this much online chatter after an episode. Mm-hmm. You know, like after the mass reveal, definitely. But, you know, Doctor Who doesn't have the online presence it did at one point. Right. And it was really amazing to kind of see that again. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Because everybody was just like, it was just like, what the fuck? Right. You know, after after all the Ruth reveals and, oh, my God, what does this mean? The conspiracy. <laughs> oh, my God. No, this breaks. This breaks continuity. This isn't in canon. <laughs> And she's, I think, officially known as the fugitive doctor, right? Yes, that's right. Much like, uh, what's his face? Oh, what's his name? It's the war doctor. John Hurt, yeah. John Hurt, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So I do appreciate that because this way it doesn't, we don't have to renumber all the doctors. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, It's, you know, it's not all of a sudden, you know, Oh no, Eccleston is actually Doctor Twelve. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to redo that. We don't have to, you know. I mean, it does raise questions of where does she fit, and you know, mm-hmm. it's obviously pre Hartnell. I have some questions about that. Why does the TARDIS look like the blue box? Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm not going to ask them here per se. I think those are questions for down the line, mm-hmm. which they may or may not address. But whatever. Um, but yeah, like I'm. As you said, this got people talking online, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's what we've been saying this show has needed, you know, um, is 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 that, whoa, that kind of wow factor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm glad that, you know, and it, here's the thing, they didn't even start the season with this one. No. This is like, what, the fifth episode of the season? Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're halfway through. By the way, here's a brand new Doctor and Captain Jack's back. I'm sorry, brand new what now? You know? (laughs) Like, that's just, you do that at the end of the first episode Mm -hmm. or as a season-ending cliffhanger, not 30 minutes into the fifth episode of the season. (laughs) You don't expect that kind of big uh, uh, revelation at at this, this point in the season. So it's really cool that it landed as a surprise and it's really changing Doctor Who the show and mm-hmm. the Doctor the character. Yes. You know. So do you want to talk about um, Ruth? Yeah. And her casting. So go for it. I mean, <laughs> she's awesome. I mean, I don't know what else to do. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, the character of Ruth is delightful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, she's extremely charismatic and warm and funny and just you know, delightful to be around. Yeah. And then she turns into the doctor and she's just, it's a complete 180. She's very cold and kind of brutal and very dismissive. And the doctor. Yeah. Like, like, like this is the doctor. Right. You know? Um, and you know, so we get that, that sniping that we get whenever two doctors are in the same room together, <laughs> right? which is terrific. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she's, she's just magnetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a very, you know, it's not just the shock factor. There's a very real reason why this doctor caught on so quickly with so many people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, she's just, she just commands the screen every time she's on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when she's Ruth and she's really trying to convey to the doctor, like, I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I I am married. I have parents. I have a job. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you you feel for her Mm -hmm. because she she has no idea that one of the things I skipped over was, and I kind of casually mentioned it, she beats up like a platoon of the Jadoon. I was not trying to do a rhyme there. Mm -hmm. But she just casually beats them up before she is fully transformed into the doctor. And she's like, where did that come from? Like she is scaring herself as her doctor self starts to slowly leak out, Mm -hmm. you know, she, and I, I really, really felt so bad for her, the Ruth character that is because the acting was just that strong. And then, as you said, when she's the doctor, she's got that, like, I can buy her as a pre Hartnell doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I am right that she's pre Hartnell, right? This isn't like some yes. erased thing, like a like okay, yeah. So that's what that's my understanding based on what little I kind of know is to come. So she doesn't have, she doesn't quite have the humanity that Hartnell, Trout, and so on and so forth would learn. You know, mm-hmm. would would start to bring into their character, um, and I I dig that. I dig that we don't know what this division Mm -hmm. is that we don't know what the fugitive doctor and lee were doing what what the hell is up with gat who i didn't say is another time lord Mm -hmm. you know is it or do they work for the uh it was actually called the cia in the show right like the fourth doctor yeah the celestial intervention agency (laughs) there it is yeah (laughs) yeah like is it a is it a precursor to that is it that by a different name like i just I'm just loving everything about this, even though I do have certain reservations as a Doctor Who geek, right? Mm -hmm. Again, like, why does the TARDIS look like the blue box? But it's like, get over yourself, you know? Dude. And just enjoy it, you know? Dude, what if this is 6B Doctor? Interesting. Yeah. Huh? Do you want to explain that? Yeah. Do you want to explain that to <laughs> listeners who maybe don't know what you're talking about? For listeners about that don't know, in between season, okay, at the end of season six, the War Games is the last Patrick Troughton uh-huh. story. He's caught by the Time Lords. He's yeah. uh, forced to regenerate, and he's and he's banished. Spearhead from space. The very first episode of season seven, the TARDIS lands, and John Pertwee falls out. Uh-huh. There has been because of just continuity weirdness later on there's been long been a fan theory that in between season six and seven that doctor was kind of pressed into service to do things for the time lords Mm -hmm. Uh, you know which which this you know show has never acknowledged it's a totally fan it's total fan wank Mm -hmm. but it like explains certain things and that would explain why hartnell stole this tardis and it turned into the police box at the very beginning but nobody has any memory of being this doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just a second occurred to me. I like that. I like this. Maybe. I. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No. No, no, no go. Go. Yeah, no, that is a great. 
That is a great idea. And so you you could easily say, well, but Pertwee falls out of the TARDIS in Hartnell's clothes. Yeah, because the, t- the Time Lords don't want him to remember mm-hmm. the fugitive era, so they dress them back up in Hartnell's... No, not Hartnell, Troughton's clothes. Mm-hmm. And he regenerated from Ruth into Pertwee, right? You could, yeah. you could easily, easily make that work. And we've still never seen the the, the trout into Pertwee regeneration, ever. Right. No. They've never shown that. So that leaves so much wiggle room mm-hmm. for other adventures as Troughton, but also, as you said, 6B. Yeah. You know? And because, again, we're calling her the fugitive doctor, much like the war doctor, you can slot it in there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, the numbering is just for our benefit, basically. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that just occurred to me. I'm such a nerd. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> now, does anything they reveal later on this season or in Flux, without saying too much, would that allow that? Or do they actually stamp it and say she is pre Hartnell? I do not, to the best of my knowledge, I do not remember there being anything that specifically said this was pre Hartnell. Okay. It's okay. definitely implied, but I uh-huh. don't think it was ever actually said. Okay. I'm I'm gonna until they say otherwise. I'm going with six B then. <laughs> huh? huh. <laughs> this may be total if, nonsense, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and for me, I mean, I I have to do some mental gymnastics because the TARDIS is the blue box. Mm-hmm. She, the Doctor didn't dig out the actual like what the TARDISes look like, the cylinders or whatever. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So because it's the blue box, you do have to go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's other ways around it. Remember, Hartnell's confused why it's stuck like a blue box. Yeah. You know, who, who knows? They'll they'll find a way to make it work. You know. Sure. But if but if they could slot her in between uh, two and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, what else do you want to say about this one? Do you want to talk? Still continue with Ruth and the Fugitive Doctor? Yeah, I think I don't know that I've got much else to say other than she's awesome and everybody should love her. Right. Oh, her costume is awesome. Oh, her costume is amazing. It's a very, it's funny, like, it's a very old school series costume, like, with the waistcoat uh-huh. and the frock coat, but with that pop of color. Like, it's, uh-huh. like, like her shirt is, is kente cloth, mm. which that kind of gives it that, that, that pop of color and, and kind of gives acknowledgement to, you know, Joe Martin's, Joe Martin's background. Mm-hmm. But it's a, I love it. It's a terrific costume. And I love the blueness. Because mm-hmm. it's blue, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it then reminds me of the blue variant for Colin Baker that we never actually see on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, I see that and I'm like, oh, it's it's a little nod towards that. You know, which of course it probably isn't. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just, it makes me think of his variant costume. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it is. The second you see her. Like, if you just put her on screen, mm-hmm. no, just a picture of her, you handed that to a Doctor Who fan who somehow didn't know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They'd be like, oh, that's the Doctor. Yeah. Because that's 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 a doc- that's the Doctor. Yeah. You know, you can just see it, you know. But again, I love that they, they, they've given her a very classic series look, or silhouette, mm-hmm. I should say. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, with the frock coat. Oh, man. Yeah, she looks great. What is it you do here? We're working on a marine filtration system connected into the Crystal Oceans Initiative. Ah, hence the water filtration system. Microversion, is it? You take a lot in very fast. Yes, I do. It's one of my skills. Ah, here we go. 
Initial blood analysis for Adam. Your bloodstream's been infected with an alien pathogen, presumably in Hong Kong. Is it bad if I don't know what pathogen is? I'm glad you asked that, because I... I didn't want to look stupid. It's a microorganism that carries disease. Alien bacteria, which is latching onto life forms and killing them. I'm afraid it's inside you, Adam. And right now, I don't know how we stop it overwhelming you. Second up today is Praxius. In this one... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, in this one, the stuff happens. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of it? Um, no, okay. So I'm going to try to boil this down as best I can. Maybe not even going. It's not quite beat by beat, but the way I normally do it. Basically, there was a plague on an alien planet... The aliens came to Earth to use Earth as a Petri dish because of all the plastics we have on the planet. We'll come back to that. The 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 the, the virus, I guess, feeds on plastic or something. So they were going to basically infect all of Earth to find the uh, cure for the virus and then go back to their planet. But... The doctor gets involved and stops them. (laughs) There's a thing about an astronaut and his husband. There's a thing about a water filtration plant. And the lady who runs that is actually one of the baddie aliens. And then there's a whole thing about two young vloggers. And I don't know. They all find different little clues. Because it should be said... The end of the last one of uh, Fugitive of the Jadoon leads directly into this one. The doctor gets like multiple signals across three continents that Mm -hmm. something's wrong on Earth. And then the companions are out there. You know, Graham's over here. Ryan's over here. Yes is over here doing their thing. The doctor's doing her thing. Then they all come together. And yeah, it really comes down to the fact that this virus is feeding off plastics. They were going to turn us into a laboratory or again as a Petri dish. And then let us die and then go save themselves. But they don't succeed in that. But the doctor does find a cure. And then they distribute it to the entire human population before the population even knows it has a virus. It should also be said this one aired in February 2020. Timing. So (laughs) I'm sorry to make light, Dan, especially, you know, you just getting over it. But it is like I look at the timing of this one. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. But um. I don't know. I legit don't know how to synopsize this one because everybody's all over the place. Yeah. This, and then they just come together and they solve it because it's Doctor Who. You this know? story, I mean, I am a smart person and I was paying really close attention to this because I realized I was not following this episode. Right. I was just not following it. I spent the entire episode going, wait, who's this? What? Why are they doing this now? What is happening? Huh? <laughs> um, Like, it's not bad it's just like a, a a collection of stitched together nonsense yeah you know um like you know one of the vloggers gets scaly and blows up mm-hmm. and the other one is sad for a minute and then just kind of goes on her way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know there's something to do with birds mm-hmm. 
I guess, for some reason, birds are the most involved in this, even though it's supposed to actually infect everything, because... And this is true. Microplastics are fucking everywhere. Right, know? yeah. You know, everything you breathe and drink and eat has plastic in it, because mm-hmm. that's the thing we do. But for some reason, we're focusing on the Hitchcock birds. Right. You know, that have just decided to kind of land on top, like like light by this facility in the middle of Madagascar mm-hmm. for reasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you know, there's a case of it here in Peru and one in Madagascar and here's one in Hong Kong. And okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, yeah, I just, I felt very dumb watching this episode <laughs> and I don't, I honestly, I don't know if it's me or if it's this episode. <laughs> I think this episode is just way too disjointed. Yeah. I know I've said this about other ones, and I even said this to Shayna last night when she was asking, you know, just casually, like, how are the episodes I watched? This is another one where I think it would work much better as a big finish. Mm. Yeah, we've got new. Com- we've essentially got three new companions. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, In the form of Suki. I mean, she turns out to be a baddie, but she's a little companion for a while. Mm -hmm. We got Jake, the cop. Adam doesn't do too much until the end. And then uh, was it Gabriella, the vlogger? Mm -hmm. You know, so we've got that. We've got the companions off doing their own things for a little bit. I think this one would work as a big finish. But as a screen adventure, I'm like, why? It just doesn't it just didn't quite do what it was trying to do what i will say and you i i I said you know we'll come back to that Mm -hmm. and you brought up the microplastics is this one very much again like orphan 55 was Mm -hmm. it has an environmental message but it doesn't stop to shame us yeah (laughs) the doctor just very casually says look earth likes plastic you're Mm -hmm. dummies for using this much plastic but it's you're too far gone so Whatever, like it, she, she doesn't heem at us, you know. Yeah. She, she doesn't stop and stare it on the camera like she did in Orphan Fifty Five. So, I didn't mind the environmental message in this one as much as I did in the other one because at least it kept moving. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, and again, neither neither Dan and I are anti climate change. I don't want anybody to to if they're listening to this for the first time to think, oh, these guys they don't believe. No, we believe in it. We yeah. know it's a thing. It's science a thing. is science. We're not doubting yeah. that. It's just. We've, you know, Orphan 55 yelled at us, and this one just is like, well, we got to fix it, and that's why the virus is here, and then it moved on, you know? Yeah, like, the only thing this episode was missing was Jason Priestley kind of coming out at the end and telling us to read more about it in our local library. (laughs) 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 If you weren't sure this show was for a certain generation, there you go. (laughs) Millennials and Zeds, see ya, you know? But also, just the pacing of this episode was just awful. Mm-hmm. The like the last five minutes, not even five minutes, like the last three minutes are oh, here's the, you know, here's the antidote. Here's the ship we're gonna use. Okay, we're blasting off. Oh my god, where's Jake? Hey, look, the things. Okay, <laughs> it disperses the, it disperses the antidote off screen, <laughs> and then we have to uh, we have to get Jake, and everybody goes on their way. After an entire episode of just faffing around, doing nothing, or mm-hmm. and doing everything at the same time somehow, uh-huh. you know, like you know, guy washes up on shore. Who are you? I'm Zach. Boom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, I didn't even mention the whole missing submarine thing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, as you said, like, Gabriella disappears. Not Gabriella, Jamila disappears. Mm -hmm. And Gabriella's like, oh, that's sad. Hey, Ryan, you're hunky. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Then, you know, I I forget it. I think it was Amaru. Like, the Suki's, Mm -hmm. like... Aramu. uh, I don't want to say... Yeah. So, I don't say Suki's assistant, but her uh, partner, I Mm -hmm. guess we'll say, uh, who we... Is probably human. Mm-hmm. I mean, they never quite tell us, but I'm assuming he is. He gets killed by the birds, and no one ever asks what happened to him. Nope. No one knows he got attacked. They 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 literally don't know. They just completely they kill him, and then everybody forgets he ever fucking existed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they they introduce all these characters and they do nothing with them, and everybody just gets on with their lives. You know, like, mm-hmm. Gabriella literally saw her, I'm assuming her bestie, mm-hmm. blow up in front of her face. Yep. And she's like, oh, no, that was sad. Okay, uh, have you, you guys know my my blog, right? Because our our, our vlog is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but your friend blew up in your face. Yeah. yeah, but the vlog, why don't you know it? Yes, you should know it. <laughs> where's, where's the pathos here? Yeah. And uh, like, you know, Jake and Adam are going to go off on their honeymoon. And Gabriella's like, me too. Right. <laughs> You do not understand what a honeymoon is. <laughs> uh, exactly. And also, yeah. like, you know, like, Adam spends the entire episode dying of Fraxius. Uh-huh. Like, like, he's just, like, stumbling around covered in scales. Things are going very badly for him. And at the very end, Suki's like, I'm the bad guy. Mwahaha. Oh, shit. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, like, why did he have the super strength to survive this thing everybody else gets it and they're dead within seconds but somehow he's got the super strength Mm -hmm. you know yeah like this to me felt like a very middling classic episode okay i could definitely see like you know like an 80s doctor having this doing being in this story yeah very easily you know Mm -hmm. um and there's nothing wrong with just back to basics back to basics is great But it's just, it was not, the pacing was, I think it really was the pacing. Yeah. I think the pacing was just so off that it made it impossible to really get into the episode. Mm -hmm. Also, come on, Ryan and uh, Graham don't know what a pathogen is. Right? Come on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) One character being like, Mm -hmm. you you always have to explain it to someone, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you need the... The Worf to be like, oh, we're going to explain the science to Worf because yeah. he's the missile guy. Okay, fine. Worf, you know your missiles. You Here's the science, right? Yeah. But both of them? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's not like it's like it's it's this, and again, you know, the last couple of years notwithstanding. Yeah. It's not like it's this, this completely ultra scientific weird word that never is, but no, it's a fairly common usage word. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's shut up. Right. <laughs> Shut up, Praxius. <laughs> and I forget if it was Praxius or Fugitive of the Jadoon. I think mm-hmm. it was Praxius, though, where there was a moment where someone used the word alien. Mm-hmm. Someone else caught. They said, wait, mm-hmm. alien? Yeah, it was It was this. Okay, that's okay. thank you. That's what I thought. So it, we don't quite know when this one is set. Mm-hmm. Uh, fugitive? No, this is 2033, they say. Yeah. So it's somewhat in the future mm-hmm. from now. But at this point in Doctor Who, the world knows there's aliens. Yeah. 
And I know, yeah, the Big Bang and certain things have been rewritten, but even since then, things have happened on Earth that mm-hmm. you can't deny aliens exist. So, which I know you are not a fan of, right? Yes. You're not you're not a big fan of people just being like, oh yeah, yeah, aliens exist in Doctor Who, right? I I'm not a big fan of it being as casual as they often mm-hmm. have it, but it is known that this is a thing, right? You know, so. Why would someone then be like act like alien like they don't know aliens exist mm-hmm. in the Doctor Who universe, especially if it's supposed to be thirteen years from the point this one aired? Like other, th- there's a whole bunch of stories that we haven't seen yet that's going to be set in that gap. You know, mm-hmm. I understand it could be like, oh wow, yeah, I knew there were aliens, but holy shit, to finally be uh, you know face to face with something that's alien. You, uh, that's very clunky the way I'm reading, but you know what I'm saying, like. They could, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, aliens exist, but I never thought I'd encounter anything that was alien. Yeah. But to be like, did you say alien? What? Do, how yeah. could that be on Earth? What? <laughs> like, no, we've had too, too many stories that the world would just know, you know? And yeah. I don't like that. It, it, I, I don't like that people are just casually, like, being like, that, that, that's not a thing <laughs> when they should know. Yeah. You know, you can't have it both ways. Um, I did like the scene with uh, Jake and... Graham, though, mm-hmm. where Jake was explaining himself to Graham. He's like, you know, I don't really like to travel. Mm-hmm. I'm not emotionally available. Like, he's revealing himself, right? Mm-hmm. And then he really talks about how he's like, when you're married to an astronaut, how can you ever live up to that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I really did like that moment that it slowed down if that's the word to use, but it stopped to have him explain why he, there's something, there's something in his soul that's not quite right with him. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. there's something he's searching for and like, oh, there it is. His husband's an astronaut and he's an ex-cop. Like, like he, what does he say? Like, when he's that big, I I must seem so small or something along those lines, Mm -hmm. you know? So I did like that little moment there. You know, that was that was a nice moment. I did like that very much. Yeah, and the comedy moment between Yaz and Graham when he's like he's got his, his little hand scanner and he's like whatever's giving off those readings is on the other side of that wall. She takes the scanner, <laughs> turns it around in his hand, is on the other side of that door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that really was good. good. That was really good. <laughs> so there's little moments in this one, dramatic and humorous that. You know, I can say I took away from it, but I can guarantee you I will never rewatch this one. I can even if I do a full series rewatch, I do not know. And it's not bad. It's Mm -hmm. not awful. It's not like dick face Daleks with Spider Man, you know? Yeah. Like it's not bad. I I have no (laughs) That's the new name of that episode. (laughs) Dick face Daleks with Spider Man. (laughs) (laughs) But I just honestly can't see myself having a reason to want to go back to this one sure. really you know not honestly not unless one of the the guest stars becomes like a super mega star and i'm like oh let me rewatch that because the, it featured them in this episode you know yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so i don't know i don't know also were the bad guys just wearing garbage bags and world war one gas masks yeah what the fuck <laughs> And you said it felt like a mid '80s episode. It did the, feel like a mid '80s episode. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the other thing too is that this was, this is like the lowest budget episode they've done in quite some time. Uh-huh. That uh-huh. set when they were um, like below the the ocean floor, mm-hmm. that was that looked terrible. I know, right? It was just just it was literally just random garbage. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, I get what they were going for, but it just looked cheap and awful. Mm-hmm. It actually did. It looked like a Sixth Doctor story. Yeah, yeah, it very much did, you're right. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. Take it from the top. Hello, I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. If you'd like to send us an email, you can address it to feedback at biggeronTheinside.com. That's feedback at biggeronTheinside.com. Next time, we'll cover Can You Hear Me and The Haunting of Villa Diodati. For Dan Tolan, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to Bigger on the Inside. Bigger on the Inside.